Welcome to Look at the Book. This is the first of six sessions on what is the good news of Christianity. Six biblical truths. And you can tell by what you're looking at that Look at the Book is perhaps different from other teaching methods in that you're looking at a screen here instead of looking at me and what the screen is mainly going to show in the coming sessions are Bible passages like Isaiah 43, 6 to 7. We're going to look at this. That's the kind of thing we'll be looking at. So look at the book as a teaching tool that focuses your attention on passages of Scripture. And the reason for focusing on passages of Scripture is that Christianity derives its understanding of the world from the Bible and its understanding of good news. What is good news or what we call the gospel? And when you're trying to understand good news, you need a situation. In other words, um, if I say the doctor's here, if this is a um, costume ball and someone dressed up as a doctor has arrived, well, that announcement will mean one thing and will be one kind of news. But if you're lying in the next room with a severed artery and we're desperately waiting for the doctor to come because I can't stop the bleeding and I announce the doctor's here, that will have a news for you that is of a different quality. So you get you get the idea that in order to understand any statement that claims to be good news, you have to understand a situation. And that's why there are six of these. As you might wonder, well, good night. Is, can't the news be stated in a sentence? Well, yes, it can be, but it won't make any sense as good news any more than the doctors here will make sense without a knowledge of the situation. And the situation is somewhat complex, and so there needs to be an understanding of six of these biblical truths so that there can be understanding. And I, I understand that that some of you watching this don't believe that the Bible is the word of God, the way Christians do, the way I do. And I'm asking you to consider these biblical claims to truth so that there would be understanding. Understanding, wouldn't you agree, always precedes agreement or disagreement. Agreement or disagreement. And so for you to make, make an informed decision about agreement, there needs to be understanding. Hence, our effort to look at the Bible and look at six uh, situational settings for the good news so that when we get to the good news, we can really understand it. So the first of the six is this. What is the good news of Christianity? Six biblical truths. Number one. God created us, created human beings for his glory. So we want to look at some scripture to support that. So you can see well, that is really what the Bible and Christians believe and 
are taught, and then we need to know what in the world does that mean. So, number one, this is a prophet from the Old Testament, the first part of the Christian Bible, chapter 43. This means verses 6 and 7. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the end of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory. I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. So all my sons and all my daughters, and I think by implication, all humans, because Christians teach that anyone who believes in Jesus Christ may become a son or a daughter of God. So I think he's saying by implication, I created for my glory, God created for his glory, all human beings. Here's another text to point in that direction. The very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. What does it mean to be created in the image of God? And we don't need to get into all the controversy of whether it means man's rationality or his volition or his morality. I would simply point to this fact. If God puts seven billion images of himself on the planet, then it's not a stretch to say he's doing this for his glory, which is in fact what I believe is implied in saying that man is created for his glory and a few verses later saying, fill the earth, human beings, fill the earth by multiplying and having children until there are seven billion plus images of God on the planet because he created the world for his glory. Here's another text. Psalm, that great central book in the Bible with 150 poems or psalms or songs. Number 19, verse 1, the heavens, that is the stars, the moon, the, the beautiful blue sky in the daytime, the stars at night. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Well, that's by design. God made the heavens for his glory. So I come back here then to Isaiah 43 and ask if that's why he created the universe for his glory. What does that mean? And I have three suggestions, and I commend these to you for your serious consideration as to whether I'm right or not, that these are, in fact, implied in the words created for my glory. Glory being a, a, a great word for uh, greatness and beauty and value. We all use the term glory in various situations, and that's generally in the Bible and in our regular usage what we mean by his glory. So I'm going to suggest these three meanings for why he created the world and what he meant by for his glory. That God did this, that 
my glory, God created us, created the universe, that my glory, I created it for my glory, that my glory be known. As the greatest treasure, the greatest treasure in the universe. Second, God created the universe that his, let's just say my, my glory, meaning God's, be enjoyed as the greatest pleasure in the universe. And I'm suggesting that this is implicit in the phrase, God didn't create the universe that his greatness and beauty and value be hidden. He created the universe to go public that people might know that he is supremely beautiful, supremely valuable, supremely great, and therefore the greatest treasure in the universe. And he didn't create that known treasure so that it would be found boring or stupid or meaningless, but that it might be enjoyed here known in the human mind, here enjoyed in the human heart, because we are knowing people and, and valuing people as the greatest pleasure. We all know that that's the way we magnify things by taking pleasure in them. So number three is he created the universe that his or that my glory be shown. So now we're going public. So knowing is in the head and is invisible to anyone but God. Enjoying is in the heart and is invisible to anyone except when we, we show it in some way. So that my glory may be shown as what? As the greatest treasure and here's the here's the perhaps the most significant thing to say by so shown as the greatest treasure by being enjoyed as the greatest pleasure. This is really good news. Think of it. God wants to be known as the greatest treasure. And on the face of it, you might say, well, that sounds vain, conceited. It's not. If you consider he truly is God and his value really is the supreme uh, beauty and greatness in the world so that it alone can bring supreme pleasure to us. And if we find supreme pleasure in it, it shows its supreme value so that we are getting the pleasure and he's getting known as the treasure. We get the joy. He gets the glory. This is why it is the best news in the world. And yet it 
honors him maximally. And I need to add one more thing here. So that my glory may be shown as the greatest treasure by being enjoyed as the greatest pleasure and by attitudes and actions that flow from that pleasure in God. Then it becomes visible when our attitudes and actions are shaped by the supreme pleasure that we take in God as our supreme treasure, then God is made visible in the world and he is shown to be the treasure that he is. So summarizing this first point, God created us for his glory, meaning that his glory may be known as the greatest treasure, that his glory may be enjoyed as the greatest pleasure, that his glory may be shown as the greatest treasure by being enjoyed as the greatest pleasure, along with attitudes and actions that flow from this supreme pleasure in him. Now, things went terribly wrong. At least in the short run, they went terribly wrong in this purpose of God to be glorified in the world. And we'll see the situation that sets up the need for the good news in these next points.